Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam, that's an ambulance, and my co-host Muggsy Bogues is here with me. Muggsy, how are you? I'm good, partner. I always got a toast for to get this thing started. I'm doing wonderful. Doing wonderful, man. It's been, you know, great time just sitting back, relaxing, watching some of these wonderful games that took place and a lot of things, you know, transpired over the week. So I'm quite sure you got lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. We have a, a jam-packed show for everyone uh, this this evening or this morning, this afternoon, whenever you listen to this. Um, mm-hmm. We had a very, very, very big NBA trade go down. Um, not involving the Hornets, but I know it's Believe in Hornets is the name of the podcast, but still an NBA show at the end of the day. So we got to talk about the James Harden deal uh, to send him from Houston to Brooklyn, which is just major. That team is insane. Um, we also had some unfortunate news with uh, the Hornets schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, their game against the Wizards was postponed because of COVID. Wizards down to six healthy players. So that game yeah. will be played at a later date. Um, so the nature of the business so far. Yeah, and I think um, they uh, they play again Friday now against the Bulls. Is that right? Yeah, I Friday. You're all correct. Yes. Um, so a little extra break for uh, for the guys after the uh, the Raptors miniseries, um, which gives them some time to work on some things because the team's on a three game losing streak. So hopefully they can come out of that with uh, this little down period. Um, I think there's some talk about Brego having a live practice tonight so they can work on a few things. So that's mm-hmm. that's a positive, I guess. But um, let's let's get the the net stuff out of the way because that's that is the biggest thing that happened. Um, we have another super team in the NBA. I think that's fair to say that the Nets are already kind of a super team <sighs> with KD and Kyrie there. They added James Harden, uh, Muggsy. How do you well, feel about that that trio, like and their potential and what kind of damage they can do in the Eastern Conference? I mean, that's a major trio right there. I mean, I think Brooklyn. Sean Marks, who I played with in Toronto, has done an amazing job uh, acquiring these type of uh, t- this type of talent. I mean, here it is. You had Durant as well as Kyrie at the beginning, and then here you have an opportunity to bring in a guy like James Harden, MVP, uh, All Star, uh, gold medalist, champion. So with the IQ level that he brings to the table, it's just off the charts. Uh, but I think it was more of an insurance policy. I think with all the things that was going on with Kyrie um, not being there, not being, you know, known where he was, I think that was more of an insurance policy. But I think now that with Kyrie, you know, as smart as he is, understanding what they have, quite sure he's going to buy in and and understand that the three dynamic players that they have is potentially going to win a championship to bring to Brooklyn. Yeah, so what – how do you see that working out? Like we have like Durant, we've seen him adapt w- with the Warriors, yes. you know, taking a lesser role, taking fewer shots. I'm not like as a, as a novice, I have no concerns about Durant w- figuring it out. But when you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden, both guys who love <laughs> having the ball. Yeah. You know, like yeah. how do you manage that? Those guys haven't played together. They don't have the rapport that Harden and, and Durant have. So I have no concerns about those two together. Um, but what do you think about that and the job Steve Kerr and Dan Tony have ahead of them, trying to make sure everyone gets is happy and they're and they're winning games. Well, Coach Steve Nash, uh, you know, uh, first year, you know, this is the challenge that he's going to be, you know, be faced with. But I'm quite sure, you know, with his experience of as a player with Coach Dan Tony, you know, be on his coaching staff, 
they have been through this before. They understand how to coach talent and how to uh, have the rapport to those type of uh, players. And that's one of the reasons I'm quite sure that Stephen has got the job because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you know, signed off on it. And um, which not even having any coaching experience and being able to, you know, acquire a job like that, your star players have to sign off on something like that. So, you know, with that being said, I think now you got to look at them being considered coming out of the East for sure. Um, with the style of play, they they capable of, you know, putting up a lot of points, to, especially being in the system with Dan Tony and Steve Nash understanding that type of system. So uh, you've seen what they capable of doing without Kyrie Irving and uh, then adding Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's going to be a scary uh, challenge for everybody, you know, night in and night out to face the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it doesn't exactly make things easier for the Hornets. Oh, uh, no. I'm glad we got that game out of the way before they got James Harden because I wouldn't want to play them right now. Uh, I'm not sure where that was. It's they, only one, though. Yeah. So bullet dodged yeah. <laughs> on that front. Um, but um, part of that trade could be beneficial for the Hornets franchise. They sent Jaron Allen to Houston, who then flipped him to uh, Cleveland, like, there's a, a lot of moving pieces, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers have a lot of big men now, um, yeah. and they have Andre Drummond, who on his one year contract, last mm-hmm. year of his contract, I believe. Yeah, so there could be some trade possibilities there mm-hmm. um, with the Hornets if the Cavaliers are looking to flip Drummond for a few assets, and the Hornets have some things to offer in the trade market if they want to go down that route. So there could be some positive ramifications for the franchise. If Cleveland wants to play ball, if, let's say. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I like I like Allen. Yes. You know, as opposed to Drummond, even though I like Drummond, but I think a young guy like Allen, who's athletic, who's promising now, who's showing a lot of potential, I think coming in with the young guys that we have, uh, it just really adds on to the, uh, again, the potential growth of what Mitch Kupchak can really put together. So if that's available, I'm quite sure – they're looking to see if that's a possibility to make, you know, the, the roster even better. I'm quite sure they they, they got their pulse on that. So uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but uh, they know the pieces that they need, uh, especially being with Cody being injured, injured prone, I should say, um, being out for so uh, on multiple years. Um, so I'm quite sure they've been looking forward to see if a player like that is available. And if so, I'm quite sure they're, Try to acquire, make a move, and offer them whatever they can to our acquire player like a like an Allen or a Drummond. Mm-hmm. Because watching that Raptors mm-hmm. like those back to back games and Chris Boucher, what he mm-hmm. did to the Hornets, I was like, "Yo, we need yeah. to sign. We need some help." <laughs> like I love yeah. I love Biz, but uh, Boucher could, yeah. was doing whatever he wanted to do pretty much. And then even at the one point, he had five fouls, and he still was able to do whatever he wanted to do. Against yeah. the Hornets, so like that position needs some fortifying if the Hornets have any, I think, real uh, playoff aspirations. Yeah, not taking anything away from Biz. I mean, Biz really compete as an undersized center. He really goes mm-hmm. in and give it his all. But we need a rim protector. I mean, we definitely need a rim protector in order to you know get into those up tempo type of uh, possessions. And I think we got one of the best point guards um, who's willing to share the basketball, who's willing to get the ball up the court, either dribbling or passing. And that can lead to excitement. And uh, and that's what we have right now. A lot of excitement going on with, with the Hornets. And um, and hopefully that can continue to translate to wins. Yeah, so, you know, 
I, the Hornets are missing out on the opportunity to kind of like make up for what happened. Like they have to wait um, an extra few days before they play again on Friday. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the COVID postponement. Obviously, players' health and safety comes first. Um, this is the first time the Hornets have been impacted by it. Um, it's on the Wizards side of things. Um, they've had right. players and staff, um, I guess, through contact tracing, or I'm not sure if they have it or they came in contact with someone who had it. Mm-hmm. That's besides the point. But like, wh- how do you, how would you approach this? I guess as a player, you have an unexpected break here, coming off a bad stretch, and you have some more time, I guess, to think about things and prepare. I guess to kind of right the ship. Um, does it help? Does it hurt having this t- extra time off? Are you eager to like get back in the gym and like work on things and like get the monkey off your back, so to speak? Well, well normally after you come off a loss, you want to get right back out there and, and try to correct that and erase that type of memory. But um, in this case, you know, it's the situation. It is what it is. Uh, and they understand that it's going to be like this throughout the season until they get a, a pretty much a, a, their arms around it until we get the vaccines and so more everybody vaccinated. But this is what the players – and the organization got to be prepared for. And uh, luckily that they was down in Tampa when they got the news. Um, and um, hopefully they spent a little more time in the Sunshine State down there um, preparing and um, and practicing for this upcoming game on Friday. But they're probably home right now. But it just gave coaching and staff a little more time to prepare and get a, uh, the players a little more time to kind of you know, get their legs back underneath them. Some of the guys who have little knick-knack injuries, you know, take care of that before they get back on the court. Because, again, it's still early in the season. Uh, still got a long season to go. And I want to make sure that everybody is as neatly near healthy as possible before they take the floor. Almost definitely. Um, mm-hmm. No one wants to see these players in any 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 danger or any serious risk. Because yeah. um, that, that the stuff is scary. Like, you know, we don't really know what the stuff does to you quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's go back to basketball for, for a few here. Um, we have the, the games since we last recorded included the Mavericks game where mm-hmm. Luca and, uh, Porzingis a revenge just, game. Yeah, man, <laughs> I really wish Porzingis came back the game after us. Like <laughs> he, I, it's been a while since I've like watched him play basketball cause he's mm-hmm. been out. I, you know, the Hornets don't play the Mavericks all the time. So it's, it was a nice reminder, like, Oh, Porzingis is nice. Like, yeah, he, he brings yeah. a lot. And Luca is the Luca we all expected to see. Way different than the Luca we saw earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any uh, takeaways, I guess, from that Mavericks game um, that you want to get into? Well, I knew that was going to be a tough game for the team, even though we was playing at home. Uh, but it was uh, a revenge game for the Mavericks. You know, they felt like, you know, they didn't play their best basketball at home. Felt like the Hornets came in there and stole a game from them. But, you know, you got to get credit to where credit is due. The Hornets really came in and, and, and played some inspiring basketball. A lot of guys really stepped up, um, shared the basketball. I believe you had like five guys in double figures. And that was something that really that got their confidence going, which started the momentum in terms of creating those three games winning streak, four games winning streak. So I was kind of, you know, pleased to see that happen in Dallas. But when they came home to face them again, uh, you know it was going to be a challenge because, you know, it was a revenge game. Porzingis' first game back, um, Coach Carlisle was an excellent coach, and he wasn't going to let his town, his team to, you know, go 0-2 uh, 
against uh, an Eastern Conference team, especially when you feel like you're better than those teams, when you, you have more talent than the team, or more experience, I should say. But, you know, our guys are really starting to build this chemistry with one another, and that's what I'm liking. You know, the chemistry with Miles and, and LaMelo coming off the bench, uh, Haywood continuing to, to, to showcase his, uh, his, 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 I mean, his opportunities when he get up and create uh, opportunities for himself as well as for his teammate. And PJ, you know, PJ is starting to really, you know, increase his scoring potential, his scoring opportunities, and believe that he is capable of putting the big numbers on both ends, you know, rebounding as well as on the scoring miles. And Miles, you know, enough is said about his electrifying dunks that he gets when he comes in the game and um, and really energize the team and, of course, it all spearheaded by Melo when he comes in with him. And you mentioned Gordon Hayward uh, in this game. He left it with an injury, a hip injury. Uh, going into the Raptors game, it seemed like back yeah. that day he was probable and then got downgraded to out. Where And then, you know, you get into the game, Caleb got his first start of the year, um, which I think he played – Pretty well, all things considered. But it was, it, was, it was really evident how much value Gordon Hayward has yeah. to the team. Like, especially because this game was getting close. It ended close. Um, the Raptors, in both games, just just shot the, like an insane amount of threes. Both games are really yeah. hard. Yeah. They got really high. That's- um, but it, it, not having Hayward for this one, what did that tell you about what he brings to the team? Because as a fan, like I was sitting there like, man... We need like, we need Hayward's defense. <laughs> we need his creativity. We need his scoring ability. Like yeah. he brings so much his to the leadership. table. Yeah, yeah, but his leadership more so than anything, you know, because that he leads by example. You know, he's not the rah rah type of guy. He leads by example by play, um, and that's what the guys feed off of. And not having him for that first game back after you know, you know, being doubtful after that Dallas game, um, you know, but. You give credit to Caleb. He came in and, and as you alluded to, he did a you know a, a pretty decent job, and uh, and it was in the game. You know, it was a lot up up. You know, the score was kind of lopsided, up and down, you know, based on runs. But come down to the end of, you know, they was right there in it. You know, like, you know he's going crazy. <laughs> over there. Uh, he they was right. He was right there. What's going on? What's up? What do you got there? Uh, that's Brittany's my daughter's dog that she know need to come and get that she uh um Brittany I have no clue why she yeah there we go we got out but um but as I was saying that you know Caleb came and did a great job and um and they was in the game you know they was in the game all the way down to the end of it um uh, but hey what he just brings so much uh to the table and um in terms of again leadership his creativity uh, uh, when it comes down to uh, who needs the bucket, we know where that ball is going, but it starts there, but it may not end there. So he brings a lot to the table. And I'm just so, you know, happy that we got a player of his magnitude because it really helps the young guys going forward. Yeah, that, that next game, when he, when he came back um, healthy, I think before the game, Borrego said, if, if, he, if he starts, he's playing. Like, we're not babying him. Like, he's in it. And when I saw the tweet about the starting five, Hayward was back. I was like, yes. And I think he was perfect from the floor in the first half. Like, he he shot the ball very efficiently um, throughout the game. He ended the second game in the series with 25 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists. Like, I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad he's back. I'm so glad he's back with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a close game, too. You know, yeah. came down to the wire. 
Um, you know, I think Roger got fell there, but yes, you know, who's the you know referees saw a little differently. But that's what you need. You know, the game the, the guys are in the games. You know, they they're not getting blown out or anything. They're pretty much in these games, even though with two games now under five hundred, um, it's still you know seems though. Uh, we have an opportunity to really right the ship as long as we stay healthy. Uh, we, you know, as you mentioned, we got a game that's postponed Wednesday, you know, with Washington. That was a game that we was looking forward to counting as a check on the, yeah. on, on, on the calendar. So uh, now we get ready for that game Friday, which we can hopefully we can put another check on that. Uh, but, you know, they coming off a big win um, after the other day. The yeah, Bulls, that is. Yeah, and just to give everyone an idea of how crucial, I guess, getting some wins here are. Because yeah. we have the Bulls, the Magic twice, and then it gets crazy. The Pacers, mm. Bucks, Heat, Sixers, Jazz, Blazers. It gets real tough real quick. So getting positive results out of these next few games will be potentially season-breaking or season-making um, if they go one way or the other. So knocking on wood for those. And, and it's important for a young team. You know, that's what young teams do. They try to get out early, try to, you know, get those wins built up. Because a lot of veteran teams normally understand, you know, how to continue to put wins. But we know at a certain point of the schedule, certain point of the time, you know, they start to accumulate those wins more than than none. And uh, that's why them younger teams, like a like – a, a Hornets, I should say, we young, uh, we mixed in with some veterans. Uh, need to continue to stay in the hunt, you know, stay right down, not drop below, um, because you know this thing, anything can happen on any given night. Yep, and the, the Hornets are capable of a lot, which is great yeah. to see because um, that's that's the whole point of sports, not knowing what's going to happen. Nothing scripted, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's preplanned. We're we're here to enjoy it. Hopefully, the best team wins. Um, you know, there can be variables in there. But anyway, I don't digress. <laughs> right, 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 right. We got some quality wins in there, too. We got some really yeah. quality wins in there. And that's what I like. You know, it's cool. Yeah, so um, I think I think that's everything we wanted to get into from a basketball point of view. Mm. Um, I think it's a it's a good time to address some questions I've been getting from about Muggsy Bogues that aren't basketball related, but Ooh. a different sport. Okay. Um, another passion from uh, Mr. Bugs, um, M- uh, Muggsy's wrestling past um, and passion. So, yeah, Muggsy, break it down for everybody out there who's not familiar. Um, tell us uh, about your uh, amateur wrestling background. Well, you know, this is not the WWE type of WWE type of wrestling. You know, none of that. This was more that NCAA type of competitiveness that we took place in the gym. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, that was a sport that I really gravitated towards. Uh, it was a sport that didn't have any type of criteria of terms of your height. So, you know, that wasn't something that I had to deal with. It was more or less if you're fast, if you're quick, you know, and if you were strong enough to compete against your opponent. And I was all of that. And, you know, age of 10, 11, 12, 13, for all the way up until the high school, you know, I wrestled, but I had to stop. Once the basketball season took place because it was the same season, you know, and I recall I used to wear all my little pins on my little sleeves, you know, I had like my little pins, put them on my sleeve that indicated how many pins that I had. 
And uh, but I really enjoyed that sport, man. That was such a a, a great uh, competition, a great um, I guess say confidence builder for me because it gave me an opportunity to know that I can compete with anything or who with anyone, and that I set my mind to it. And in the wrestling arena, you know, that's what I kind of trained for, and I was very successful with it. You know, my 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 recreation coach told me they wanted me to kind of pursue that as a career in terms of going to college to get a you know an education, get a scholarship. But you know, I told him I had different plans and to get into college, and you know, but he didn't believe that until it actually happened. So I always kind of kid him on about that. <laughs> and did you did you have to cut weight at all, or were you were your nose your natural I, weight your your target like weight class? Y- y- yeah, I remember at one time I had a, I was five pounds overweight, believe it or not, at seventy. But I was seventy five pounds. I need to drop down to seventy, and that was crazy uh, <laughs> at that time. And um, you know, you had to have your little hurricane suit on, the little gray sweatsuit, and I'm in there in the gym sweating. And you know, I, but it took but a second for me to uh, to, to to lose the weight. Uh, it, it, I think that plastic suit really did his job, and um, and I got down to my weight class, and I made the made the uh, my weight, and I was able to to compete into my 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 class, my my tournament, and I was successful at it. Yeah, because that that sport, it's a it's a lifestyle. Because yeah, as an out, I didn't, you know, I, I played baseball and and football growing up, and some of my my best friends were on the wrestling team, and when it was wrestling season, that was a twenty four hour commitment. Like, especially during lunchtime, watching my friends, like, eat vitamins and drink water. That was their lunch. Trying to drop weight <laughs> and stay in weight. Like, that was commitment unlike any other sport I've seen at that level. So, all like, anyone that does any amateur wrestling deserves all the credit in the world. Because uh, yeah. you're, you're a different breed. You're a tough individual to have to do that. Tell you, man, you call me kid with a thousand moves. You know, I was I stood out there, Sugarfoot, give it, <laughs> tap the little head guard, you know, and then I shoot and scoop him. Yeah. And I put him in a half Nelson, um, in a little cradle. Uh, but well, that was fun. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. You brought back some memories right there. <laughs> Got excited. Cool, cool. No, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we can uh reminisce a little bit. Awesome. Well, I appreciate yeah. everyone that's come through and, and checked out this week's episode. Um, Muggsy, before we say goodbye to the people, is there anything else you'd like to get into? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, you pretty much covered, uh, a lot. Um, and I think, um, we're excited to see a, a president, you know, about to be inducted. A lot of things have changed. So a lot of things have happened in the world. So I'm just excited to be here to be blessed and, uh, and be here with you, my brother. Hey, I appreciate you as well. I pre- and I appreciate everyone that's that's checked out the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe in Pod Believe in Podcast Networks. The Believe Podcast Network is the name <laughs> of our network. <laughs> it's a long day. We record these right after I get off work, so still trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah, still trying to decompress I, I a little bit. I'm, you know? I'm with you. I got you. I have. I'm with you. Cool, cool. Well, uh, everyone out there, stay safe and in peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.